Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name's Stephanie. This is Good Good Talks, and if you've been here before, you're probably like, Steph, you say you never do intros. Here you are again. If you haven't been here, well, this is the last episode of Unapologetically Blank, so um, I would encourage you to listen to like just one or two of them to kind of get a feel of what it is, because this last episode is super special and honestly not something I was expecting to have. The reason that I say I don't have intros is because it takes a whole lot of time in editing and I'm unfortunate, like, not unfortunately, but you would think I wasn't that picky, but I'm pretty picky when it comes to how it sounds and what I'm saying and, um, so it takes me some time, right? And I have a full-time job. This isn't, I'm not getting paid for any of this stuff, but I love this and, um, so intros just take a lot of time, blah, blah, blah. I also know that intros are super important when just to get like a little glimpse of what you're going to be listening to. And I try to give that in the description of the episode, but today is the last episode of Good Good Talks Unapologetically Blank Season 4. And I think I said all that backwards, but it's okay. Um, and the reason I wanted to give an intro is because I'm not the one giving the interview. My friend Molly is interviewing me and... I first just want to say thank you to whoever has listened to just one half of my podcast. Sorry, my bare feet are on my seat and sound like I'm farted. Three of them, 12 of them, whatever it is, I'm so thankful that you would take this time to listen to my words and listen to my friends' words, whatever it is. And words are so important to me and I take them so to heart. So for you to take that time more than five minutes to listen to me or listen to someone else is just so incredible and know that that means a whole lot to me. Um, and this episode is super near and dear to my heart. I think all of them are in some way or another for sure. But this one I wasn't expecting to have. Um, it was... New Year's Day and Molly had stayed over for New Year's Eve and Lindsay went to work and um, she's like, Molly was like, hey, I want to interview you today. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And I've been off caffeine for the last two months and it's taken my body like a while to kind of wake up and be aware, you know? And so that day you can kind of tell my voice is getting tired and, but really it's difficult for me for people to meet, for me to be in the spotlight. It's difficult for me to be the one that's being asked questions and be dug into because, um, unfortunately I don't see myself as someone that is worthy of that. And guys, (laughs) let me tell you, it's something I've been working on and like talking through and counseling. And I think we even touch on a little bit in this episode. Um, but it just, my friend Molly did such a beautiful job of making me Um, feel so loved and so welcomed and that my words were so um, needed. And this podcast does that as well, whether you've listened, like I said, one time or three times or whatever, all of them, it means so much to me that you guys are here um, and that you want to be here and that you're choosing to listen. So I know this episode is longer than others, but guys, we dig into some stuff and it's really, really cool. And, um, we talk about New Year's resolutions, not necessarily like, what are some things you can do? Like working out all these things, but like a word for that year and all that jazz. And so I just, I'm excited for you guys to get a glimpse into my heart and like, it kind of gets into like a little counseling session. Um, so anyway, I'm going to stop talking so you guys can get into it, but I just want to say thank you again. And 
I don't know when season five is going to be. I don't know what it's going to be about, but I'm going to be praying about it and I'm super stoked. It'll probably be airing in the summer. So I will talk to you guys super soon. Please reach out, connect. I love connecting with you guys. Oh, we've started. Hello. Good morning. Good morning and happy new year. Happy new year. Today's January 1st. What? Wow, I didn't, like, I didn't even like put that together. That's like the great like time to do a recording podcast, whatever. I agree. So today's going to be a little different because this is, I think this is official. This is going to be the last episode of Unapologetically Blank. I think that's perfect because started out with you, end it with you, but then we're going to flip. Meaning Molly really wants to interview me. Heck yes, I do. So, um, I'm excited for that. A little, like, not nervous, but I, one of the things we talked about doing was unapologetically single, and I already did a chip chat on that. Mm -hmm. And I honestly don't even remember what I said on it. (laughs) Other than, you know, you know what? I take that back. I think, I think what I said was I didn't want my singleness to define me. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, we're sitting in the kitchen just like Lindsay and I were, so I'm going to move a lot. Um, you're sitting in a different chair. Molly is. But I move in my creek as I move. So <laughs> and I'm drinking a blended drink. Yes. So, so she may slurp a little bit. <laughs> so just pretend. You're like with you're us. with us. Exactly. Honestly. At the kitchen table. Honestly, that's all I would ever dream is that you guys would think that you're with us. Um, so she's she's going to take it away. Heck yes, I am. Because <laughs> we started this podcast with her. She was the one that was on it, like came up with the idea unapologetically. So now this just feels right. Yes, it does. Woo! 2020. Woo! Um, 20. So stuff. 20. Hi, by the way, this is Molly. Yeah, Molly. Um, <laughs> um, I'm also taking notes as we go. I love it. If you hear the. Hi, Steph. Happy New Year. Thanks for being here today. Absolutely. Thanks for coming. Thanks for letting me come into your apartment. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, but Not when you it. and I were talking about switching it from unapologetically single, which I feel like makes sense because that honestly to me feels like you're 2019, mm-hmm. but mm. now it's 2020. Mm. So, what do you feel like you're unapologetically blank in this moment? I think I'm going to use my word that I told you about. Great, please do. So I haven't really leaned into it too much. Meaning, like, I thought about it, and I was like, oh, I think this is it. Um, my thing is unapologetically alive, which sounds kind of like, don't think of it as, like, a zombie coming back to life <laughs> or, like, not nothing like that. I think it's just sometimes we hold back and think that we can't live our life until this happens or this next thing happens. And through counseling, um, started with a new counselor, did I tell you the story? Yes, I did. No. I don't think so. Um, I started the new counselor because my other counselor just forgot that I was on her schedule. <laughs> <laughs> See, folks, the takeaway here is that it's not always the first person you go to yes. that's going to work for you. And, and I've been with her for a year, and she's awesome, but mm-hmm. it just was like, okay, I think this is a... I drive all the way up here to do this, whatever. So I'm going with counselor that Lindsay's been with, and she loves him. Yes. So my first time with him... Oh, bye, Harry. Harry just left us. No, Harry, come back. He's back. 
Um, I have a little hairy stuffed animal. If you follow my Instagram, stuffed animal. It's <laughs> like he's not really an animal. Stuffed. Way to degrade him. What's a stuffed? What's it called? Stuffed. He's a little stuffy. Stuffed person. <laughs> he's smaller than the mic. I have one too. Yeah, she has a matching <laughs> one. Um. So back to this new he, therapist. Yep. Which it's a guy, mm-hmm. and I've never. I've never thought about having a therapist that's a guy mm-hmm. because it's like, it makes me a little uncomfortable, especially when I'm sorry, but most of my stuff has to do with boys totally. and like, I don't want to sit across from someone that's like my dad's age yeah. and tell them all this boy stuff. And then because my reaction is thinking, this is how my dad would react. He'd be like, rubs and dirt in it. You're fine. Get right. over it. Right. And I think it's kind of been even this first conversation with him and Lindsay and I talked about this. It's going to be like a redeeming relationship mm-hmm. of, of between an older man and myself of like, even just like my father's age. Um, because my dad is someone that love him dearly. It's just, he doesn't have those deeper conversations and he's Mm. more of just a, I don't know. You have to dig really, really deep with him. Um, so I think it will just be, and it will just help me like with my view of the Lord of like, Mm -hmm. he's not, he's not upset or like embarrassed for me or, thinking this is ridiculous that right. you're talking about this same boy or that you're always talking about boys. Like he knows my heart in it. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so that was something I was talking with him about. And I had like dated a guy for like a hot a second and a half in like October. Mm-hmm. And, um, what telling my counselor about this and like kind of like the confusion that I felt from it of like having to end and all this stuff was like, it was really really good and that's what confused me yeah um there's obviously more to the story molly knows that there's no reason to like share any of it but one of the things that he said he was like i think what's important for you to realize is that you like you're still alive like you still mm-hmm. you can still date like you still have that within you because i think that's a fear is i don't know how to date i know i just haven't gone on on enough dates or enough mm-hmm. like been with enough people to know what it's like when mm-hmm. really like no you know, like mm-hmm. it's just, it's a natural thing. Like with your, when you're with someone, whatever. Um, cause it's and, not like you don't know how to talk to people. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. So I think it just, and so that kind of got me of like, I don't, I don't want this idea. And I think for me, it's that having singleness, not wanting singleness to define me. Um, and having this idea and I didn't realize of like that, I can't get settled here in San Clemente. I can't get settled in my life until I'm married. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's totally a lie. Yep. But I think it's because that's such a deep desire of mine, it's hard for me to be like, okay, what what is this time beforehand then? Right. Like, so what is, not what is the point, but like, what do I do with it? Right. Because do I, how do I live fully when like, I don't feel like I'm fulfilled until I have that. Right. So, um, that's kind of like where the word alive comes from is this, like, no, I can be alive and be still a person, a human being doing what I want to do, doing things that I love. Yeah. Maybe missing something still, but that like the Lord's going to fill that void and, right. and I don't ever want it to be like, okay, he, the guy comes in and Jesus is gone. Like I want so much of the Lord to be first that Mm -hmm. it's like the guy is just like an add on to it. Right. You know? Absolutely. So still kind of digging into that a little bit. 
Um, There's some really good nuggets there. Yeah. Though I think uh, I feel the same way mm. that it feels like everything that I want is on the other side of this thing. Yeah. That I can't even count on. Yeah. Um, no, I can't. Let alone control. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, like you said, it's about finding ways to be alive and fully present yeah. in our current situation. Yes. Um, so, I think kind of before we move forward into that, I want to look back and mm. talk about, you know, it sounds like in the singleness and you kind of waiting for this partner, mm-hmm. is it one way that you haven't? come alive fully before other other areas in your life where you feel like you haven't intentionally Mm. been alive that um you want to wake up yeah i think it's i think that's what it's every area it's not just Mm. in this idea of wanting to get married and like holding back in that it's even in like my teaching yeah um and my career choice of like moving forward in that um and i want I want to intentionally move forward in that. And community-wise, like, my people-wise, I want to move forward in that and not just feel like I'm waiting around. Where it's like, I, right. I just need to keep moving forward. And I think yeah. that's that's what's tough is, like, I just didn't, I didn't realize but that, like, I had this thought that, like, I couldn't be in St. Clemente. Like, I wouldn't be able to afford yeah. living in St. Clemente unless I was married. Right. And then it was... That's really interesting that you say that because you've never voiced that to me before. Mm -mm. Like, we've talked enough about, Uh like, I don't know how long I'll be in San Clemente, and I don't know if I'm going to stay here, I have this other idea, or, like, I don't know how I'm going to afford that, blah, blah, blah. Well, it wasn't until I met this guy who also loves San Clemente that I was like, oh, then we'll probably, like, if anything Mm -hmm. happens, then we'd end up here together. That would be cool, because Mm -hmm. then that would keep me here, and, like, Mm -hmm. I want to be here. But... It's interesting that that's how you got to admit to yourself that yeah, you want to be here. Exactly. Yeah. And because because I had that conversation with Lindsay and she's like, well, that kind of makes, she didn't say it makes her mad, but like I could tell it made her a little uncomfortable because she was like, but you said you wanted to be here yourself. So are you, were you saying only for him? And I right. was like, no, I think that he was a part of it, but now I have to let go of that part of it Yeah. And in any way of whatever my mind did of dreaming about it. Um... But it was also something that my mom said of just like talking about how if there's something you really want, you're going to work hard for it. Right. And how I really want to live here. I really want to be here. And so I'm going to work hard for that. That means I'm going to get a part-time job on side of this teaching job. I'm going to do different things that I can do so that I'm not more just because I'm not saving a whole lot and I don't Mm want to be a bad steward of my money. Um, And yeah, so I think that's. A part of it too is like I think, and I've never I never really thought St. Clemente was going to be a place that I was going to stay. Yeah. So it's been within the last four or five months that I've been like, no, I think I'm going <laughs> to be here, and I don't know when that's going to end. Right. Like this apartment, I don't, I can't see past this apartment. Well, and that's new for you too, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't. I've never known what. I've never been able to understand what my future is going to be. Because I think so much of it, when I was dating, like, someone that I dated for a long time in college was all about him and being married to him. And so I think it's just a continual reminder that, like, my mind shift has to be and should be. And I'm not, it's a selfish thing that's hard for Mm -hmm. me. Not selfish. It's just looking at yourself and saying, what can I do? What do I want to do? What's about me? And that isn't, like... 
natural for me. Absolutely. I think I've had this conversation, being an Enneagram too, mm-hmm. uh, I've had this conversation with a few people that I think a lot of us women who were raised in the church are, if not blatantly taught this, mm-hmm. implied through teaching mm-hmm. that that's our purpose yeah. is, is always tied to someone or something else. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I've had to do the same thing myself this past year is like actually look at myself and say, one, who am I? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what identity, um, am I actually going to embrace? That's yeah. who I am. And then move forward to, well then, okay, if that's who I am and who I truly want to be, then what do I want? Yeah. And how does that determine my And it's hard to figure out what you want when what you want isn't <laughs> what you have right yes. now. And there's no promise of that. Absolutely. It's, and I, yeah. I remember in counseling with my counselor that forgot about me, but I still love her. <laughs> we got to come up with a nickname for her. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I can't think She of could her. be Neville. Neville? With the mem- remember all. Oh, <laughs> Just to let you guys know, Molly's my Harry Potter geek, so... Heck yes. Um, anyway, um, one of the things that she, like, really had me dig into, and she was like, why are you so embarrassed that you want to get married? Yes. And I... Like, it's even difficult to talk about it on here, because I do talk about it, but I never am straight up like, this is what I want. Totally. Um, and I think... It's, I don't know, just her having her ask me that and having her be like, that's ridiculous that you're embarrassed about it. That's, that's one of the things you want. That's okay. I'm like, I don't know. Like, what are you talking about? Um, (laughs) Robot. Exactly. Mm -mm. So (laughs) it just was interesting for her to bring up and something I've always kind of like leaned back into of like, why am I embarrassed of this? Like, it's nothing to be embarrassed of. Also... Like, all I've really known is dating someone seriously and thinking about the future. And so, this last four years has been breaking that down. Absolutely. And trying to be like, oh, okay, so, like, who am I then now without Mm -hmm. it? If I don't have what I want, what do I still want in the process of that? Absolutely. Um, I have to show you a video after this. Okay. (laughs) But um, Stephanie Mae Wilson, who I feel like I probably mentioned in one of my other podcasts here... um, I love her. She has a podcast called Girls Night. She also teaches a course called Love Your Single Life. And mm-hmm. one of the videos and modules that she goes through is we're either like two sides of the spectrum, I think is how she sets it up. But one side is that we feel like all we should care about is getting married mm. or we also feel like we feel guilty. Mm-hmm. And she walks you through that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, I feel guilty about saying I want to be married. Mm-hmm. And I have felt something similar a couple weeks ago. I had a breakdown with my therapist because I finally admitted to her, like, I don't know. I've never really had career ambitions because Mm -hmm. I I just want to be a stay at home mom Mm -hmm. and like make a home. Like that's what my heart really wants. And so it's like, I don't, I don't have a career path. I don't know how long I see myself at this job. I love where I work and I love my job and I love my team. And so I'm just going to stay there indefinitely Mm -hmm. because I don't, beyond that, it's like, I'm not trying to reach any goal. It's this enigmatic thing that Mm -hmm. I'm, that I'm just waiting for Mm -hmm. before I can step into what I really want to be doing. Mm -hmm. And that's a very 
weird limbo to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny that you've put yourself in that place mm-hmm. on your own. Mm-hmm. And I, and I have too, right. Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, I am currently in a living situation where I have an opportunity to make it at home and I'm not. Mm-hmm. So, but making it at home, like you can make places your home and serve it that way and have it be that for other people without being married, without having kids. Mm-hmm. And that's, what's funny to me is mm-hmm. how we limit ourselves yeah. from actually finding what we can in the present to step into the calling. That's part of our true heart. Totally. So when you kind of think about this coming year, mm-hmm. what are some of the ways that you really want to come alive? I know you've talked about community, um, in addition to kind of embracing your single life. I yeah. Think. Um, but are there dreams that you have for this year of like, Oh, I really want to come alive in this area and this mm-hmm. is, and how I want that to look. I think, and it's been within the last maybe week or so that I've, and I don't know. I it's something I want to, I want to dig in, but I can't like figure out yeah. where to go with it of, Teaching overseas has always been something I've said I want to do and where I want to go. And it's always kind of been like my end goal where Mm -hmm. it's like, once I get there, I never once thought about what I was going to do after. Interesting. Um, and I, as you were talking, I think that idea came up and that career choice came up because when I was dating my ex, it was all about just being with him and what that looked like. Right. And so, like, I kind of had to find a new thing really quickly and kind of latched onto it. And I student taught overseas, so that was part of it. Um, and kind of leaning into, like, have I already kind of, like, fulfilled that calling and haven't right. haven't laid it down and been like, okay, even though I love traveling and I love the idea, really my heart in wanting to teach overseas is being in a place that and it's, I think what just, which is hard about Orange County is I want to be with kids that are less fortunate, that yeah. don't have a whole lot of money, that don't have a whole lot for them at all, resources right. or anything, and be part of creating a place and giving them resources. And, yeah. Um, why just, do you think that is? Why do I want that? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's because that's like, it's kind of like the justice thing that I have mm-hmm. in my Enneagram number of like wanting to be fair and make it better for everyone. And like the less fortunate has always been, I I'm always very aware that there's people that don't have what I have, right. You know, or very much don't even have close to what I have. Um, and when I was student teaching in Indiana and then that's where my, all my um, education classes were, was all of the schools were very low in income, Mm -hmm. like very, just these kids just had broken families, broken Mm -hmm. homes. And, that's where my heart was, the public system. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was more with teaching overseas. It was like, okay, I don't want to teach an international school. Like I want to teach at a school that's like, we just, it's like, I don't know, like freaking dirt ground. Yeah. Like that was kind of my vision. And so within the last few days back at home and like kind of leaning into that of really my purpose or my reasoning for wanting to go overseas is to create community. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, all those little things. And I kind of had to step back and be like, why can't I do that here? Like right. what I understand that it's a different culture and it's a different, really a whole different lifestyle mm-hmm. in a different country. Um, 
that I really truly do want to experience and really do um, love that. Also, other countries don't have what America has. Right. So there's there's that huge part that I can't really change that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, why can't I do that here? Like, why can't right. I lean into creating community and creating a place mm-hmm. for my students and for the less fortunate, whatever that looks like. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not going to come through my full-time teaching job. Maybe right. it's not going to come through... Um, I don't know. And so that's kind of one way that I want to come more alive in understanding how I can move forward in my teaching and not just have that end goal be teaching overseas because I've said it and I still say it, even though the door has been closed three times, like the Lord Mm -hmm. has closed the door three times. And I don't necessarily feel like it's not ever going to happen. I think it's just like very much like there's no... Like, why am I doing it? Or why You've am I doing it? You've gotten a pretty firm answer a few yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> and it's more of why, just live here. Do yeah. it here. Yeah. Um, so that's one way. And then another way is the church that I go to. I really want to dive into their women's ministry and yeah. do like more speaking and teaching kind of things. Yeah. And because I did that over the summer. And I think I talked about it on here on one of my chip mm-hmm. chats. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that over the summer at Saddleback as like a small little high yeah. school thing. Um, and I loved it. So yeah. I really want to lean into that because that's something that um, I feel like this podcast allows me to do of like um, be able to speak into other people's lives and speak truth over things. Yeah. But I also really truly more want to teach the Bible and what that yeah. looks like. Um. So, yeah. Does that answer your question? It does. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for asking. Uh, Yeah, of course. (laughs) I feel like there's two layers here, which is coming alive for yourself Mm -hmm. and your present so that you can fully enjoy what's happening instead of waiting for what's coming. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's a second layer of how important your personal impact is Mm. on the people around you. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to ask you a big question. (laughs) <laughs> but no, it's coming from that place if you want to answer it differently. Okay. Um, what kind of legacy do you think you want to leave behind? I had one guy that I dated that was like, whenever I think of the word legacy, I always think of him. Legacy. Planting seeds in a garden. Yeah. I'll never get to see Hamilton. Hamilton? Anybody? <laughs> Hamilton? Come on, somebody. Um, <clears throat> my rhythm was off on that, so don't judge. <laughs> I feel a lot of judgment. <laughs> no one's even listened to this yet. <laughs> um, and one of the things that he said was that he doesn't see me leaving a legacy with him. And I was like, oh, sweet. Are you kidding me? Something along those lines. Who says that? He's like, I want to leave a legacy and I don't like see you in. I I cannot. I was like, okay, if there's any guys listening to this, (laughs) that is not how you break up with a lady. Don't say that. Don't say that. Well, and it didn't really, like, register to me. I was like, okay, you can just tell me that you don't see a thing with me. Yeah, you don't don't have to tell me that I'm not going to leave an impact on anyone's (laughs) life if I date you. Which is really the key that he's implying yeah. is that really, Steph, your legacy is the one who's ruined if you pair with him. You're right. <laughs> You're so That's right. Takeaway. He pretty much he just mixed it up. <laughs> so whenever I think of the word legacy, I think of that conversation that I it's had with him. Ruined. See, how did I know that you need to go back to what I was actually trying to ask? Um, 
I've never really thought about that. Ooh, let's do it. Mm, January 1, 2020. Cast that vision. I think, like, okay, when I think of leaving a legacy, I think of my funeral. Yeah. And then, like, what people are saying about me. Right. And, yeah, what's going to move on in that. Yeah. Um, I think... What are those words? Give me, like, three to five of what you want those words to be. Um... When I somehow outlive you, and though I'm older, what do you want me to <laughs> say about you? <laughs> I think it's more when I think of people that have impacted me than how that's how I want to impact others. Of like, mm. I am huge on seeking out mentorship and seeking yeah. out discipleship with people that are older than me, mm-hmm. and how I want to be that for people that are younger than me. Then, right. And what's difficult. Is and it was something I talked about when I led an eighth grade group a couple years ago. It was like a mentor is not going to become a mentor unless you ask them to become a mentor. Right. Like they're not. It's very very rare for someone to like take someone under their wing unless you are the one that is like, hey, can you walk this with me? Right. And I'm not saying I did it perfectly, but I do know that I am very much like. I want to learn from you. Yeah. I'm, I like teach me, like let me take me under your wing, that kind of thing. And so there hasn't been anyone that's been like Steph. I want that. I mean, there's been a few girls in my high school group that just graduated that like have reached out and like wanted to still get coffee or whatever. But, um, so I want to lean into that a little bit more, but at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. what do you want those words to be? That people describe you as. I don't know. If not, and what's interesting, what I'm trying to get you away from, mm-hmm. is not in relationship to somebody else. I don't think that, I I don't even think words come to mind. It's more of like, I want when people think of me, I want them to think of like how I, it is relationships that I, mm-hmm. I think are the most important. And so how I gave time and space for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Lindsay's really very good at like telling me things. She's just always very, um, not approving, affirming. Yeah. Of like one of the things that she said last night was like, you're always wanting to learn and grow and different mm-hmm. things. Um, so probably that. Mm-hmm. I would hope somebody would say something about Jesus. Yeah. Like what? I truly, and I think it's because. Because I always feel like I am a judgmental person. And Lindsay's like, I don't think that you are. And I'm like, I don't think that you understand <laughs> the words that go on in my mind. The internal monologue. But you also don't look need at the world. to know. <laughs> um, but it's it's that I be, have become so much more like Jesus in that. Where mm-hmm. I can come up to someone or come up to a situation. And the first thing that I want to do is love on them rather than condemn right and it's not like i'm like i'm condemning you it's just more the first thought that usually comes to my mind is like you shouldn't have done that yeah it's some critique yeah exactly some kind of critiquing and even if people don't know that it's something internally that i would want because i know internal stuff then is what like goes out right like even if you're not saying it it doesn't mean it's not being communicated exactly communicated through Whatever. Word. Your reaction. Your reaction. Body language. Whatever that is. Yeah. Um, So I would say that. Like, one thing I'm really learning is 
about how... Have you read The Shack? No. Okay, we have to read <laughs> So, it's a very... I know the controversial, concept. Yeah, very controversial, controversial Christian book. Because it's fiction. Yeah. So, it's, he's not, like, saying, like, this is what it's all about. But this man ends up spending a weekend with Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. And they're all three there, all three in person. And... It sounds weird, and it's. I never was like excited to read it until it was Lindsay that was like, "Read the book." And yep. I was like, "Okay, fine." Um, what really got me was that it was more of God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit teaching, almost like reteaching what a relationship with God is yeah. to this man because he had been he was holding a lot of grudges against the Lord mm-hmm. and. I just loved the way that they kind of just like broke everything down and were like, we as humans make everything so freaking complicated when that's not how the Lord intended anything to be. Obviously how the world is right now is not how he intended it to be. First and foremost, he intended it for relationships and for Mm -hmm. us to love each other and love him. And if we take everything back to that, okay, like what does that leave us with? Yeah. And I want, that's what I want to be is more of someone that just takes it back to relationship, takes it back to just loving people. Um, because there's that judgment and critique in my mind that I don't, um, that's my own person. And then sometimes I can think that I'm better or that I have things figured out. Um, so I just don't, I don't want to be seen that way. And I don't think people see me that way, but I think they do because that's what I hear in my head. Yeah. You know, I'm like, how can they not? Hmm. Um, is that how you also talk to yourself? Yeah. It's like, I have to, yeah. Learning that in counseling of like the words that you say to yourself are very hurtful. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, and they matter. They totally do. Yeah. They totally do. Yeah. Um, but I never really thought about that. Leaking, leaving a legacy in that. Yeah. Those are some pretty good aspects of leaving a good legacy. Yeah. What do you think that? Loving relationship looks like between people. Mm-hmm. I think my closest people, you, Lindsay, mm-hmm. Maddie, Kinsey, McKenna, Allie, are all very much that. Of, I think, giving me space to be myself, and then I'm get, like, I think it's just like that back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um. And I never feel judged from you or any of them. And um, I think it's just that it's really the words like giving space is a huge thing for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not even giving space of like a literal space in time. Yeah. But it's giving time for someone to be themselves and process and dig deep and be annoying. And like, I have been a B to every one of my people, probably except for you. Because you haven't been, (laughs) you haven't been like through (laughs) intense things with me. But I legitimately, I legitimately hated Kinsey for at least a month and a half. Yep. Um, and Maddie saw the intensity of that. McKenna saw the intensity of that. Lindsay has seen the intensity of just like 
me as a person of living with me, like both of us feel very deeply and then express very deeply. Um, and so I think it's like when people see that broken, like really not nice side of me and they still love me and still want to give me that space to be that and understand that in order for me to move forward or move on, whatever it is, they still like let that happen and let it be, you know? Mm Um, I think that's, that's relationship and that's why I hold all of those people so highly and so tightly is like, I can't lean that far back, um, <laughs> is they give me that. Right. You know? Right. Or like ask me those hard questions and, yeah. um, yeah, let me be annoying. Let me talk about a boy way too much <laughs> and then let me cry about it and then the next day be mad at you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Go through whatever you're going yeah. through. Yeah. Even if it doesn't yeah. make sense. Right. And validate it. Right. Yeah. That's a huge thing. Yeah. Where do you think you're not currently giving that space to yourself? Hmm. Not giving the space to myself. It's like a question. <laughs> you didn't know it was turning into therapy with Molly. <laughs> Don't, gotta go, don't need Therapy to go to counseling next Molly. week. <laughs> Therapy with Molly. Therapy with Molly. Now it's the song that never ends. Because um, that... Why do I feel like I'm not giving that space? Okay, sorry, go. Yeah, because, th- you know, we're talking about you being unapologetically alive and the fact that you're missing some of that and where you're at currently. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of what you're talking about are huge things about the impact you want to make and how that will change the life that you're currently living into something more of what you want that to be. Mm-hmm. And I think probably because of what I'm learning, you have to give that to yourself first. Totally. Right? So, and I think part of you realizing you want to come alive is realizing you're dead in yeah. certain areas. So yeah. what, where are you not giving yourself the space that you need to be? And to I become? don't, I don't give myself the space to be myself at all. Ever. Like I beat myself up for, Caring really deeply and loving really deeply and, like, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, so I think that is, that is part of it, of the reason why I love my people so much is because they are reflecting back to me how I need to see myself. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't, and it's something that, like, even just relationships with guys as well as friends. And I mean, definitely with friends too, is like, I don't see myself as worthy of anything. I don't see myself as it's, it's very interesting of how you mean dark. Yeah, (laughs) it kind of is. Yep. It kind of is. And it's not a fun thing to realize. Yeah. Um, but also it's not a fun thing to dig into. Yep. But there's been, I know that there's been freedom and things that have opened up since me leaning into it. Yeah. And I think that's the journey that I'm just going to need to keep going moving forward on. And I think part of it is what we talked about last night of like, it sucks when one relationship or one instance can like turn everything on its head Mm -hmm. where... Mm -hmm. The one relationship that I was in, yes, it was for a long time, but I, I let it twist and turn so much of my view of myself mm-hmm. 
even if that wasn't that person's intention, right? Which I don't think it was, right? I think both of us were like obviously not neither yeah. is perfect, so we're going to impact each other. But how then that four years out of that relationship has like I'm still breaking it down totally, and that's what's crazy to me is that one person. Also, it's like family stuff too, yeah. like love my parents so much, but then there's also ways in which that they have, um, loved me and then how it's compared to them and their relationship with my brother and all these other things that I'm learning of like, I've always kind of been someone on the back mm-hmm. end of things and not let myself be in the spotlight. And because never felt like that should be my spot, even mm-hmm. though in my head, sometimes I think it should be. I'm like, no, of I course, guess girl, I need to be. Um, but yeah. And so it's like that. I always put myself down. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's where, whatever your question was, that answers. (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh, something that I've worked through therapy recently is, um, and I know I've talked to you about kind of the cage that I've put myself in, but she also used that metaphor of being on stage Mm -hmm. and that I've always put myself as a backup singer, right? Yeah. You're like, Mars in the back, and yeah, I have a mic, but whatever. Yeah. This other person can do their thing. But I want to be in the front. Exactly. But I, it's actually your I know stage. that I can. Yeah. I know that I can do it. So why do we keep ourselves from yeah. doing it? Yeah, why do I put myself down for wanting that, too? Right. Like, that's okay. And when do you think that started? Oh, probably really, really young. Really, really young. Yeah. So really young. Yeah. Mostly because my brother's five years older than me, mm-hmm. and... Yeah, this is like getting deep. Yeah, girl. Family stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. Let really, it go there. Really young. Really young. My therapist, one of the questions she was like, think of the first time when you disappointed hmm. your parents. This is mostly my dad. Yeah. It's my relationship with my dad. Um, because my whole Enneagram is that there's something right or wrong. Yeah. So she's like, when was the first time you felt like you didn't do something right? Right. And I was like, what? Because, mm-hmm. like, I never, I don't know. If that's just all my life has always been yeah. doing something, feel like I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. Um, and so I, was, I still can't even, like, pinpoint it. But what I is, think. What is your earliest memory? Um, a lot of my memories more go back to, like, high school. Mm. Um. When, no, but like your earliest ever. I know, but like that's like really it's yeah. high school, high school, junior high maybe. I don't. I just had this realization that like I was also like the back front back background friend. Like yeah. I was in a group of three, and I was the one that was in the back. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We got the leader. You were the tripod. And, yeah, 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 for sure. I like held them back. Then help then hold them back. I'd hold them Caboose together. It up. Caboose it in the bay. I was what kept them together. <laughs> um, blue. But I always was that person and I don't know why that started or mm-hmm. why I mm-hmm. let that be a thing. Mm-hmm. But then it just It's cyclical. In my Yeah. Even in college I, oh, I yeah. was that way too. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, like you need to tell me. <laughs> Cracking you uh, open like an egg. I know. Mm, mm. I'm like, frick. Are people going to listen to this? <laughs> you guys want to dig into this with me? 
<laughs> you guys need to ask yourselves these questions, okay? You can always edit it out later. Oh, no, no, no. There's no point. <laughs> this is the real life. This That's is true. real You're life. At the- this, this is, is real, real life. life. Oh. Oh, we finally got a semi we did. harmony there. We did. That was good. It was, it was because... It's because Lindsay's not here. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Lindsay. We're the worst. <laughs> no, it's because I'm finally not having to find an alto harmony I can't mm. find. Last night, I'll give you guys a little context. We were trying, we were trying so hard, <laughs> so hard to sing harmony to the song "Shallow" from "The Stars Born" or whatever. A star, a star, a star. The the most recent "A Star Is Born" 2019, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Was it 19? I thought it was 2018. Was it 2018? Was it really that long ago? Crepolola. I don't know. I saw it with Maddie and we bawled. This is why I didn't watch it. Out. Because I know what's going to happen. Oh, you know what happens? Uh-huh. Because <sighs> it's the fourth remake of that story. Oh, see, I haven't seen the other ones. I so haven't I either, know. but I still know what happens. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, anyway, we were trying to harmonize and it was rough. It was... <laughs> I wish I would have recorded it because all three of us are can really sing good in, singers. Yeah, and yeah. we can sing in tune. Mostly. Mo- yeah, most time. <laughs> so it was... Very surprising to all of us that we couldn't do it. But here we are. We did it. Lindsay, you're the, you're the weakest link. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lindsay, you should. Just I'm going to call you right now. We need you. to harmonize. Yeah, seriously. Make it happen. She would totally do it, too. I'm usually better. If somebody tells me what the harmony is, mm-hmm. I have a harder time finding it on my own. I get that. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, earliest memory. Anything earliest memory of breaking. Uh, no, no, breaking. no. Just your earliest memory ever. Not in this context. But it's hard. It's hard. Okay, so let me tell you mine. Yeah, yeah. But it's hard because I only... Th- I see in pictures that my parents so have shown me. what's... Like scrapbooks Oh. And stuff. You know what I mean? Like that's- What's like the dream state earliest memory that you have? Um, like you're not quite sure if it's yours. Not quite sure yeah, if yeah, it yeah, was yeah. real. I think this one was real. My brother and I saved a little baby um, bird uh-huh. in its nest. Uh-huh. Also, there's a bird that got into our house... And that was funny. How old do you think you were? I was like four or five. What was your role in this in catching and saving birds? I don't know. I don't know if they lived, but I can't remember if the little one lived. The other one got out. Okay. But like we were like trying to block it. Uh-huh. That's my that's my mem that's my earliest memory. What feelings are coming up? <laughs> there's more to that story I see it on your face. No, there's not, there's nothing. Uh-huh. What else would there be? <laughs> Molly, I'm tired. <laughs> this is the decaf train. Okay, so let me... Yeah, so give me your early The reason memory. I'm saying that is because in my psych class, like freshman year in college, mm. we had to write a paper on our earliest memory. Mm. So I thought about it a lot. Okay. But my earliest memory actually affirms the negative narrative I have about myself in my head without mm. me recognizing that. Mm. So my earliest memory is... I was probably like four. Mm-hmm. Like I had to have been young because my dad, my dad was smoking out in the backyard and he quit smoking like v- in my very early years. Mm-hmm. So, um, by the time, I feel like by the time I was five, so it mm-hmm. had to have been before then, but it's, I'm out on the back porch. He's out. It's nighttime. He's out in the backyard. The grass is high. The dog is jumping around out there with him and he's out there smoking. It's like, all I can see is the flame and I'm trying to get to him and I can't. Mm-hmm. And and then he turns around and he sees me and he comes back inside. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's something I'm working with my therapist is feeling like I'm not visible. 
Mm. And it's and it's that earliest memory of like me not being able to get to the thing that I want mm-hmm. and not being able to call attention to myself either. Mm-hmm. Like I don't remember calling out. I think he probably heard me trying to get out to him and mm-hmm. turned around. But like that distance, that invisibility, that containment. Mm-hmm. And it's like I've lived my whole life under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like you have too. Yeah, I like think it's very similar. Very similar. And, and, and this umbrella of being wrong mm-hmm. and yet trying to turn it right. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think you'd probably agree never actually is successful or fulfilling. Mm-mm. There's never a right or... Honestly, there's only really right or wrong answers for like driving rules. <laughs> You know, like stop at the red light. Hashtag 2020 mantra number one. There's only okay. real rules for driving. Yep. There's um, no right or wrong. There's no right driving. Or, outside of driving. <laughs> um, I have another question. I do. I have a closing question. Okay, that's a good. Let's do that. Um, is there anything that you want to add to what uh, you're hoping this year brings and this word that you want to embrace? Alive. I think it's cool that we're doing this at the beginning of the new year. Mm-hmm. Super fun. Um, can you ask it again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if I can remember it. <laughs> as we enter 2020. Yes. What are you really looking forward to as you embrace your word alive? I think, frick, man. We think we know ourselves. Uh-huh. And especially when I graduated college, I was like, hey, 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 I know myself so well. Yeah. So I think it's just, I'm excited to get to know myself more mm-hmm. and know who I am and own that. Right. And be unapologetically myself. Yeah. Um, because through, not even this podcast, but just through probably more this last year is like my first few years out of college were just doing a lot of hard yucky work that just mm-hmm. was like it was gonna help me in the future but then it just was like I don't like this and didn't necessarily feel like anything was coming out of it yeah and now I feel like I'm getting the fruit of that work and it's still difficult mm-hmm. but I just feel like this last year I've gotten to know myself way better than I ever have mm-hmm. and um yeah and allowing myself to be myself right you know so i think i think that's that's mostly what the word alive i i feel like um pertains to is just being alive in myself yeah and yeah not putting setting things aside or yeah i never really thought about how like obviously the opposite of alive is dead i never thought of it of how Mm. these things are dead in me I don't think you're welcome. <laughs> I don't think maybe maybe I need to think about it, but I don't think that things are dead. Mm-hmm. I think I've just set them aside as like not worthy or not pointless, mm-hmm. which is not true. Like every part of us is mm-hmm. has a point. Doesn't say is, is pointly. <laughs> What's the opposite full of, of points. Full of points. <laughs> Not pointless, full of points. Um, More points. And every part of us deserves 
to be seen and heard and all of yeah. that. And if I can speak that to other people, then I should speak it to myself. That is very true. Yeah. Love it. Um, last closing question. Oh, yeah, another one. I do. I know. <laughs> that was really good. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> what has this season of apolog- unapologetically Ooh, yeah, meant like to you? Um, I think it's taking ownership in things of myself and having other people take ownership of things of themselves. Like, Lindsay's is going to come out before this, but Lindsay's is all about, and this is something, like, I can't wait to, I need to do more of, oh my gosh, it's literally, like, it's just crazy how, like, you go weeks and you're like, it's going to be this, I'm going to do this, and then it's, like, three days before, you're like, nah, <laughs> I didn't do any of that. Um, but I really want to encourage people to do the same thing that Lindsay did, where Lindsay said, I'm unapologetically Lindsay, and she gave five things that she's unapologetic about. I love it. About her personality more. That's um, awesome. And, like, what she brings to the table as a person. And I think... That's huge. Ooh, I can't wait to listen to that. I know. Um, and I think it's just that mindset of I want to live in who I am and taking ownership of who I am doesn't mean... And we talked about this at the beginning and it's all throughout it of like, doesn't mean I can't change things and I shouldn't change things. Like there are things that are unhealthy and things that need to be changed, Mm -hmm. but there are also some things that are just what they are Mm -hmm. and I can make those healthier and then own them. Um, excuse me. So I think that's probably what I learned most. And this season has been, I thought it was going to be more of like, and in my face kind of thing. Cause I did more for it. I mm-hmm. did like more graphics for it and stuff, mm-hmm. but I didn't really think about it that much. And I think just because my personality is always a hundred percent one way mm-hmm. or the other. And so if I don't give a hundred percent to this podcast, if I don't give a hundred percent to teaching, then I feel like I'm feeling it. Yeah. Um, so I didn't give a hundred percent to this podcast, but that's mm-hmm. okay because it still was out there. It's still, right. I still had great conversations through it. Still learned myself. And I, hope and pray that everybody else learned something that listened to it as well. Um, so I think it's, even if I didn't feel like I gave my all to it, doesn't mean that it didn't serve its purpose. Absolutely. Um, which is, yeah, that like living completely and fully of who you are and not being embarrassed by it or not being, not apologizing for it. And I think that's a huge takeaway, especially as you come into 2020. Yeah. I think we put so much expectation and um, weight, especially where it's like 2020 vision, mm-hmm. start of the new decade. Mm-hmm. Like it's holding a lot of weight. Totally. And I think what you just said is huge. Even if I'm not 100% this year, mm. even if I'm not giving every little thing in my life that I resolve to address in these Mm -hmm. New Year's resolutions, even if I don't give my all to all of those things, it doesn't mean that I'm not succeeding. And there's no way you can give your all to everything. No. So I don't even know why I have that effing mindset in the first place. Right. Somebody tell me. Because you're an Enneagram one. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes. I saw a book at Barnes & Noble and they had all the different types and there's like just tiny ones. Uh-huh. Um, and it's probably a series, but I didn't catch the author's name. And the Enneagram, Enneagram type one was the moral perfectionist. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. That, cause I, I don't know. I don't know where I wing, but I definitely understand some of the one. Uh, it's exhausting. It is exhausting. Mm-hmm. Exhausting. 
Yeah, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Well, um, thank you for letting me pick your brain today. Thank you for putting me in the spotlight and giving me space to be myself yes. and not being embarrassed of like, yeah, this is my podcast, but also like, I can still. <laughs> As she puts her hoodie over her face. <laughs> I can still, I'm worthy of an interview. Yes, you are. And not just a chip chat of me just talking to myself. <laughs> I agree. As much as we love the chip chat. As much as we love You should have somebody interview you every season. Oh, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I may just have you be my interviewer. My pleasure. Anytime. My pleasure. We're at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was driving through somewhere else the other day. Uh-huh. I was Panda Express. And they said it? And they totally were... Like doing the Chick Fil A thing. Yeah, you're like, did you come from Chick Fil A? <laughs> they were like, it's a wonderful day here at Panda Express or whatever, and I was like, mm. you're like, it's not because you're not Chick Fil A, <laughs> and it's Sunday and I couldn't go there. So yeah, don't so rub obviously, it in. Came, yeah. <laughs> don't remind me that I'm not at Chick Fil A right now. Rude. Uh, All right. Thanks, Molly. 2020. Thank let's you. go. Let's New go. Year.